Good morning, everyone, and welcome again to the Sanctuary of Quest Church, and we pray God's very best over you and your family. Um, man, it's an interesting time. 25 years ago today, the city of Oklahoma City was rocked um, by what happened under that attack. 25 years ago, this is the anniversary of that. So we pray for those families that were affected by that bombing and and all of those, we even have some firefighters in our church that were a part of that. And we speak the peace of God over you in Jesus' name. Uh, there's some good news, too. You know, I've been hearing some things that the governor has been saying about a reopening uh, coming May the 3rd, right? So we don't know what that really means yet. But as the next week unfolds, I'm sure we'll get more detail about what that means to us as a church. I'll, I'll tell you, any glimpse of opening is good to me. Yeah. I just need to see the door cracked open a little bit to get a lot of hope. And so uh, today, you know, we're excited about we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, right? And great things are in front of us. So be encouraged with that today in Jesus' name because it's not going to be very long till we're going to be gathered together. Now, I'm not going to say the first time I see you that I'm going to hug you. <laughs> but I'm going to smile at you for sure. Um, but... You know, God has kept us. He always preserves his purpose in the earth. Now, let me just share something real quick before I get into this word. Please be sure to do a couple of things. And Christian always gives us these reminders as well as Pastor Josh. But please share, right? Please comment. Please tag someone in the comments. And Pastor Christian says something vitally important today. Turn on your notifications, okay? That is vitally important. Um, if you don't know how to do that, then ask somebody that does. But turn on those, those notifications. And uh, again, do not move from this, from what you're watching right now. Because for about the next 20 minutes, God is going to speak to you in a very prolific yes. and prophetic way. Uh, I have felt his presence since 4 o'clock this morning as I was interceding for our church. God really spoke this word to me and I'm encouraged to bring it to you today. To speak life to you. To give hope to you. Our best really is in front of us in Jesus' name. So before this, we went into this season, we, we started a series that was called Stretch. And then in the middle of the stretch, we didn't know we was about to get stretched, yeah, right. but we did. And, uh, and you know, it's been, it's been good, right? All things work together for the good. I want to just speak into that just a little bit and say this. You know, you know a person's perspective has changed. When they stop making remarks like this, this happened to me. Um, it's better that you say this happened for me rather than this happened to me. Because uh, when you say it happened for me, that's scriptural. Because we know that all things work together for the good of those that love God and are thee called according to his purpose. So this season happened for us. You know, I was driving over here today and Josh, I just started thanking God that he trusted me with this season. Yeah. I, would not want to, I would not want to miss this time in history. You know, people are going to read about this, and we were there. Yeah. We were involved. And so I just, driving, lifted one hand, and I said, Lord, I thank you that you trusted us for this season. And, you know, stop, again, stop saying this happened to me and start saying this happened for us, yes. right? And if, when you stop saying, how did I get here, and start asking, why am I here? Yes. See, it begins to change your perspective. And that's a dynamic that 
begins to alter your destiny because now you start taking on this optimistic attitude yeah, yeah. that not, not only is everything going to be all right, yeah. but on the other side of this, everything's going to be much better. better. Yes. So that's, that is a great perspective. So today we're going to continue this series called uh, Stretch, and we're going to talk about for the next few services, number one, how to handle pressure. That's going to be today. Uh, how to learn patience is part number two. And then how to live with perseverance will be part number three. Tonight, there's going to be a, uh, a series or a documentary starting. You guys have probably seen the advertisement for it. It's called The Last Dance, right? And it's, it's kind of ESPN's alternative to we can't have sports right now. So we're going to show you the greatest basketball player of all time. And it really focuses in on the 1997 and 1998 championship team known as the Chicago Bulls, right? Well, when I was looking at that advertisement, I thought, you know, that was a great team, but, but there was a gr the greatest player of all time was on that great yeah. team. And, and when I started thinking about it, I thought, at some point in this, I think it's 10 parts yeah. to this documentary. At some point in here, it's probably going to be the first thing, first episode, it's probably going to show this guy and what the characteristic that is going to stand out about Michael Jordan is his ability to handle pressure. He wanted, he cherished pressure. He wanted the ball when the game was on the line, right? And I, and I thought about that today. And the ability to handle pressure, I wrote this down today, is often the gauge between extraordinary and mediocre. The ability to handle pressure is, is the gauge between extraordinary and mediocre. And I, I wrote this down, you know, to ask you this question. How do you, how are you doing with urgent deadlines, right? And that kind of tells you how you handle pressure. You know, as a former team roper, Josh and I used to team rope a lot with my son. And uh, when, you, when you were backed in the box to rope your last steer, uh, the, the ropers that you were competing against would kind of ease up against you, Justin too. Justin was a team roper too. And they would ease up against you and kind of lean over in that box and they would say, these, say, say you had to catch under seven seconds, right, which is pretty fast for an amateur roper. And they would whisper these words to you. Pressure will bust a pipe. Now, now, they didn't say burst because they country. <laughs> they would say, pressure will bust a pipe. And then my response to them was always, yeah, and it'll make a diamond too. So, so you know, you want to put pressure on that roper because all of a sudden when he's got just one catch, just one more to win, and he's got a rope under seven seconds, everything is magnified. Yep. The intensity and the tension uh, magnifies like 100 times over. And I've seen more guys miss that just needed to catch. All you needed to do was catch. All you needed to do was make a foul shot. You've, you've shot 25 in a row and made them. But this one, there's one second left in the game. If you make this one, you win. And you've got a million people watching you in the NBA Finals and you miss, right? Pressure does really strange things to people. So I thought, Lord, how does this relate to Scripture? And I found it in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. Here's the Apostle Paul. 
He says, for we would not, brothers, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us when we were in Asia, that, listen to what he says, that we were pressed out of measure. We were pressed above strength, insomuch that we despaired our own life. But, listen to what he says, we had this sentence of death in ourselves. Listen to what pressure does. It'll either make you be self-reliant or God-reliant. He said, he said this, that we should not trust in ourselves, whew, but trust in God, which raises the dead who delivered us from so great a death. He does deliver in whom we trust. He will yet deliver us. Oh, man, that'll preach right there. Folks, I'm telling you, this season is coming to an end, and we're going to look back and say, God delivered us from this. God's bro God brought us out of this. The, the Verse 8 in the NIV says this. We do not want you to be uninformed or misinformed. It's amazing how pressure, when it is relayed to other people, can be misinformed. Right? Or people are uninformed about what you're going through and they're wondering why you're acting like you're acting. So Paul said, I don't want you to miss this thing. Do not be uninformed about the troubles we experience. Now listen to what he says in the NIV. We were under great pressure. Far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself. So I was thinking about the Apostle Paul. Man. <laughs> If any guy knew about pressure, it was certainly the Apostle Paul. And I wrote this down. He was responsible for the doctrine, the disciplines, and the direction of the church. Now, I don't know about you all, but that, that's, that's quite a bit of pressure right there. You know, all of these epistles to all of these churches, and he is responsible for the doctrine, for the discipline, and the direction of these churches. You know, in this season, I have felt pressure and I oversee a few churches, but the pressure has been uniquely enormous, <laughs> okay, during this season. And I know that God is looking at me to see how are you going to handle right now? So I thought about pressure. What does it mean? It means, listen to it, Webster says this, pressure the constraint of circumstance. Did you hear that? Pressure, the constraint of circumstance. It's when circumstances are not controlling you, but they're constraining you. In other words, they're putting limits on your liberty. That's pressure. It's pressure when, when your liberties are being limited. It's constraining by circumstance, that's pressure. It's the application of force from one thing on another thing that it is either indirectly connected to or directly connected to. You can get pressure just by being associated with somebody, <laughs> right? It's called indirect pressure, but it's still pressure. So the first thing I thought of, and this is what I want to talk to you guys about this morning. The first thing about pressure is pressure reveals capacity. Pressure reveals capacity. 2 Corinthians 1.8, he says we were pressed out of measure. So I thought I would read that, you know, in the Greek. And it's this original 
exceedingly emphatic phrase. That's what the Greek refers to this as. We were weighed down beyond what is credible, even beyond what any natural strength could support. We were pressed, burdened. It's from a base word that means we were thrown into the profound or we were dealing with a deep mystery. When something is profound, it's hard to fathom. That's right. Right? It extends far beyond or far below the surface. It's not surface. He said, this pressure we're under is not surface pressure. As a matter of fact, it's something that's very deep. And I thought about where we are today. It's like a mystery to us, right? This thing came out of obscurity. It's like some secrets going on that we don't know about. <laughs> and we're feeling the pressure of it. And I thought, man, that's where we are. The thing is like a mystery. You know what we want to do with mysteries? Come on, sir. Figure it out. Figure it out. And the more we try to figure it out, the more pressure we feel. The more constrained we feel, the more we want to revolt. We want to react and not respond. Reacting happens in the moment. It is emotional. Responding means you take your time and think it through before you speak. I've been praying for our people. Be responsible to respond. And do not be reactionary. Everything's going to be okay. Yes, it is. And I looked at Zechariah chapter 2. The Bible says the prophet lifted up his eyes. I hope you're watching this. Do not, do not go to another feed now. Yeah, come on. I'm feeding you right here. Amen. Stay with us. Amen. I lifted up my eyes and looked. And behold, a man with a measuring line in his hand. And I asked him, where are you going? He said, I'm going to measure Jerusalem to see what is the breadth and the length of this city. Well, the word measure there in the Hebrew means I'm going to determine the capacity of Jerusalem. All right. Because I know something is coming. You, and you can read that later. He's going to say Jerusalem's going to be a city without walls for the multitude of the people therein. He knew what was coming. But he had to go measure it to see if it had, if it had the capacity to hold what was about to come. Some of you do not realize that we're in a measuring season right now. God is checking our capacity. This pressure is God saying, I want to know, can you handle not the trouble that is coming, but the multitude of people that are coming in the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of God. So he meant to determine the capacity. It means the potential can you, do you have the potential to hold what is about to be imparted? I was telling some guys this morning, you know why some people can't receive when you're trying to impart to them? It's very simple. They can't receive what you're trying to impart. Now you say, Pastor Rick, can you elaborate? Certainly I can. You're carrying something larger than their capacity to receive. So the tendency of leadership is to lower your level of thinking and to lower your level of understanding to diminish the magnitude of your destiny for the sake of one when God has called you to reach a multitude. So I hope you can understand that. So our capacity is being checked. 
To measure in the, in the Hebrew means to stretch the line, not just to determine the capacity, but to stretch the line. This series is called Stretch. You know what God told me? I am stretching my people. Come on, sir. I am stretching them in this season. So our capacity is being checked. Check. He stretches us so that we can see us. I hope you heard that. He's stretching us so that we can see us. You ever heard this old axiom that says God will never put more on you than you can handle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We treat that phrase like it's in the Bible. That ain't even in the Bible. That is not. The Bible just says that God will not allow you to go through a temptation that you are not able to stand. It didn't say I won't put more on you than you can handle. As a matter of fact, I'm convinced that God puts more on us than we can handle to show that our strength is not in ourselves, but our strength has to be in him. He puts us in a place where we have to show him, God, we trust you and not ourselves. Now you say, is that in the Bible? Yeah, Psalm 38, verse 2. David said, your arrows stick fast in me, talking to God. He said, and your hand presses me sore. God, you are pressing me? And I thought about God talking to Abraham, and he said, now, your seed is blessed, and all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed through your seed. But before your seed enjoys that blessing, it's going to be sold into Egypt. This is God telling him, this is what's going to happen. You're going to go through a season of pressure. And when you read Exodus chapter 1, you see that there was taskmasters in Egypt pressuring the seed. Amen. You know what the Bible says? The more they press, yeah. the more the Israelites multiplied. God trusted his people that even though you're under taskmasters and you're being pressured, you're going to grow, not shrink. You're going to multiply. So I say to you during this season, I read a stat the other day and I said it somewhere, but the, the, the statisticians are saying the church is actually growing right now. Of course it's growing. God is our source. We're not going to bow. We're not going to shrink back. We're going to multiply in this season. When the doors of our church is open, I'm believing God for multitudes of people to come to the house of God. And if you're watching right now and you need to make that decision to follow Christ, do it now so that you can be one of those that walk back into the house of God when the church opens back up. So let me bring this home to you. Your ability to handle pressure often decides your level of leadership. Your ability to handle pressure often decides your level of leadership. If your threshold is threatened by something really small, then what would you do if something big showed up? If God can't trust you with something, a season, why would he trust you with a year? I hope y'all are hearing me today. So your ability to handle pressure often decides your level of leadership. So pressure reveals capacity. Can I take it a bit further in the, in the church today? This is my amen corner right here. <laughs> Number two is pressure exposes character. Pressure exposes character. I was telling these guys before we walked out here, you'll never find a place in the life of Christ recorded in the Gospels where pressure was not involved. 
Pressure was always yeah. on him. Even when he escaped to the mountainside, he received pressure from his disciples. He was trying to escape it, and when he got there, they brought it. Man. Your Prince of Peace was developed under immense pressure. You need to understand that. Pressure exposes character. Crisis or pressure squeezes, I've been saying this a lot lately, pressure or, or crisis squeezes the character out of the person. The character pops out of the individual during seasons of crisis or during times of pressure. In 2 Corinthians 4, 8, Paul said this, we are hard pressed on every side. <laughs> Not from one place. He said on every, we are what? Hard pressed on how many sides? Every side. But watch the paradox. But we're not crushed. He said we're perplexed, but we're not in despair. <laughs> Talk in the building, Apostle Paul. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We are cast down, but we are not destroyed. He said we're troubled on every side. The analogy of trouble is, of course, the definition is to press, but it has this analogy of squeezing the juice out of a grape or squeezing the oil out of the olive. See, you never enjoy the content of the container until the container is squeezed. If you squeeze the grape, you get the juice. If you squeeze the olive, you get the oil. I want to know what's coming out of you. What is being squeezed out of you? See, the content is never seen until pressure is applied. I wrote this down this morning. Pressure does not make a man as much as pressure exposes who the man already is. Pressure doesn't make a man. Pressure exposes who the man already is. The pressure that made Saul hide is the same pressure that made David king. They face the same enemies. They face the same threats. They face the same giants. The pressure that made Saul hide is the same pressure that made David king. I hope you hear that. Saul ran from it. David ran to it. When Goliath started shouting, Saul hid. Saul ran from it. David, the Bible says David ran toward Goliath. You know what I've been saying? Lord, let our people run toward this pressure and say, bring it on. Bring it on because all you're doing is showing the world who I really am. I wrote this down. The coward seeks release from pressure. The courageous, the courageous pray for strength in the pressure. Preach in the building, Pastor Rick. Doing becomes the natural overflow of being when the pressure within is stronger than the pressure without. I hope you heard that. Doing becomes the natural overflow of being when the pressure within you is stronger than the pressure that's outside of you. That's strong. 2 Corinthians 4 says this in the Message Bible, verse 7. If you only look at us, listen to it carefully, you might well miss the brightness. 
We carry this precious message around in the unadorned clay pots of our ordinary life. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. As it is, there's not much chance of that. You know for yourselves that we're not much to look at. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we've not been demoralized. We're not sure what to do. Did you hear that? We're not sure what to do. Have you felt like that lately? But we know that God knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we haven't broken. That's strong, y'all. Pressure exposes character. So I wrote this down this morning. Never choose a partner that you have not seen under pressure. Never choose a partner that you've not seen under pressure. All people are going to show you what you, what they want you to see. I mean, I'm talking to single people today. (laughs) You better quit singing. You better put a ring on it. You better start saying, let me see you under pressure. Because you marry what they showed you. Then when you get married, they're going to reveal what you've never seen. As soon as pressure shows up, you're going to be like, I I never knew you. Of course you didn't. They hid it from you. Never get with a partner that you've not seen under pressure. Warning from Pastor Rick. Warning, warning. (laughs) Amen. Finally, third thing and I'm done. Pressure tells where your commitment really is. Pressure tells where your commitment really is. In 2 Corinthians 7 to 5, it says, For when we were come to Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were pressed on every side. He says this over and over. Something must have been going on in Corinth. No doubt. <laughs> Corinth was having difficulty. COVID in Corinth. I don't, I'm just messing with you. I thought that was funny. <laughs> Coronavirus in Corinth. But anyway... Something's happening there. And he keeps encouraging them, hey, we've been there. We've been under pressure. So he says, our flesh had no rest, for we were pressed on every side. Watch what he's, listen to the honesty of this preacher. Without, we're fighting, but inside, we're afraid. You know, some people just not transparent enough to admit that. Somebody asked me the other day, well, don't you have faith enough for me to hug you? And I said, no. No, I don't. I'm not interested in you hugging me. I ain't interested in hugging nobody but my wife. And you say, Pastor Rick, where's your faith in God? Not you. (laughs) My faith is in God. Not that you washed your filthy hands. (laughs) So so here's the deal. The, the, The real transparency is sometimes we fighting like we got a lot of faith, but inside we really scared. I mean, that's just real, you know, and not every preacher going to tell you that, but many people are that way. Now, I know all you big, bold patriots of faith are saying, I ain't scared of nothing. Well, it ain't got in your living room yet. I'll leave that there. So pressure tells us your commitment. Those who excel under pressure are those 
who were already committed to their conviction before the crisis arrived. That's a long quote, but I'm going to say it again. It's Pastor Rick's quote. So hashtag that. Those who excel under pressure are those who were already committed to their convictions before the crisis arrived. You know what I've learned? Pressure reveals a man's priorities. You let pressure show up and he'll start screaming about what he really cares about. When that pressure hits, it comes out this way. This is what matters to me. This is my priority. Well, I just came by to tell the whole church and everybody that's listening. This pressure has made me think about the kingdom of God more than ever. How is the kingdom doing? Right. Jesus went about teaching the things of the kingdom. It is my responsibility uh, as a preacher to check on the kingdom. See, I want to know how the kingdom of God is doing. Do you know the kingdom of God resides in Africa? Yes, it does. Where people have no food to eat? I'm not talking about during a season of a pandemic. I'm talking about their whole life. It resides there. They're under pressure like this all the time, not some of the time. So I just encourage you, let's get our priorities in order. What really matters? What really matters is the kingdom of God being advanced in this time. So when Job is pressured by circumstance, the Bible says of Job, he held face or he held fast to his integrity. He held pressure reveals commitment. He lost everything, but he held fast to his integrity. When Daniel was pressured to be disloyal, the Bible says he was found innocent. He kept his loyalty. When Jesus is in the pressure of Gethsemane, he cried out, Nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. I'm committed to your cause, to your will, to your purpose more than I am my own. Have you been praying that lately? Lord, your will be done in this season. Lord, your will be done in my life during this time. Pressure reveals commitment. Somebody said it like this. Pressure should call for commitment that says, I have burned the bridges of retreat. I cannot back off, back up, or back down. I am committed to the cause of Christ above all. See, it's it's how you show up at the showdown that counts. It's how you show up at the showdown that counts. You should show up saying, I'm committed. This pressure has taught me that my true commitment is to the cause of Christ more than any other thing in my life. It doesn't matter how great the pressure is. What really matters is where the pressure lies. Whether it comes between you and God or whether it presses you nearer to his heart. Is the pressure separating you suddenly from the cause of Christ and the call of God? Or is the pressure pushing you nearer to his heart? I don't know what you have found yourself doing lately. But man, I spend more time listening to that old preaching that I used to listen to. 
listening to praise and worship more than ever, praying more than ever. And I pray that's what's happening to you. Let this pressure push you toward the heart of God. Do not let the peer pressure around you drive you into something that you're really not. Come on, y'all. Let's represent the kingdom. We're stretched right now. But God is looking at our capacity because something great is on the way. Father, I pray for the people that have watched today that they would learn to handle pressure appropriately. Handle pressure godly. Let's go to Scripture before we go to anything else. What does the Bible say about how to handle pressure? And let us respond accordingly. So I speak peace to every family that is watching today, to husbands and wives and children, that your peace would replace any panic. We're starting to see the light now, Lord, at the end of this thing. And we pray, God, that our hope grows as the light grows. That we shall come out of this thing blessed, walking in your favor. But more than that, here's what I pray, God. That when we get to the day that we have to look back at the season, which we're coming to. We're coming to that day where we're going to look back at this month, this 40 days, this two. We're going to look back at it. Let us be able to say, man, I handled that right. Man, I, I handled that pressure right. Yes, Father, help us to do that. Yes, Fortify our faith. Yes, God. Now, if you're watching right now and you're away from Jesus, listen, guys, I encourage you, give your heart to the Lord. Give your heart to Jesus. He loves you. And that's why I encourage you to share these messages because somebody needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Someone needs to be born again or Someone is away from the Lord. It needs to come back to the Lord. So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask you to pray after me. And if you pray this today, for the first time or the third time, let us know. Let us know that God is coming to your life. Say these words. Say, Father, I love you. Father, I love you. And I thank you that you love me, you that you love me. with an unconditional love. I receive that love now. And with that love, I receive forgiveness. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that, please let us know. Guys, I don't think I need to remind you about giving. Pastor Josh does more than an adequate job every week, but I'll just throw it in there. There's, I don't know of a church anywhere that their income has gone up. <clears throat> So be faithful. You can give by texting Quest Norman to 77977. That's the easiest way. You can go to our church out app or our church website. I love you. No pressure. And when pressure shows up, say it's working for me. It's not happening to me. It's happening for me in Jesus' name. God bless you today.